Where do you suppose a wolf came from? They're coming to get you, Barbara. An excellent day for an exorcism. Man wouldn't do that. This isn't a man. Let's we'll tear your soul apart. It's alive! It's about the horror film remake trend in Hollywood that's going on right now and also about your uh, Halloween movie that Rob Zombie remade. <laughs> well, I would say nice things about him, but you know, we did this. I thought it was, it was going to be a real cool deal for the, the History Channel, the Biography Channel, whatever that is. They were going to do about Halloween. I thought, ooh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, they interviewed him on that, on that biography and channel and he lied about me. He said I was very cold to him when he told me I was going to, and that he was going to make it. Nothing could be further from the truth. I said, make it your own movie, man. You know, this is yours now. Don't worry about me. I was incredibly supportive. Why that piece of shit lied, I don't know. <laughs> he had no reason to. Why did he do it? Frankly, uh, that will color my response to the film. Uh, if I take that away, I, I did not... I, I thought that he took away the mystique of the of the story by explaining too much about the guy. I don't care about that. It's supposed to be a force of nature. He's supposed to be almost supernatural. Knowing about that uh, was, and he was too big. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't normal. <laughs> anyway, so the big news in horror that's been going on is pretty controversial, I guess. It's with the horror master, John Carpenter. Self-titled horror master. Self-titled Twitter handle horror master, <laughs> John Carpenter has said Rob Zombie is, I quote, a piece of shit. And that has... End quote. And that has gotten around the internet quite a bit for over the past week or so. I mean, it absolutely has. And the thing that really bothers me is here's a man that's supposed to be very professional, and he called somebody a piece of shit for absolutely no reason that we know of, okay? No matter what happened behind closed doors, professionally, you don't do that. Rob Zombie didn't steal the rights from you. He didn't do anything negative towards you. Who cares what happened in his movies? I'm talking about Rob Zombie's movies, okay? To add some context yeah, go ahead. for our go listeners ahead. very quickly, John Carpenter was at New York Film Academy, and this was back in April. So this has kind of just been, been making uh, news waves recently, but it actually happened back in April. He was asked during a Q&A section about what he thought of Rob Zombie's Halloween remake, because I would say Halloween is probably John Carpenter's most famous creation. It's the gold standard for horror. John Carpenter called Rob Zombie, not the movie, he called Rob Zombie a piece of shit, and he said he didn't like the remake, which is fine if you don't like a certain film. Right. But to kind of, especially at the New York Film Academy during a Q&A, I understand your, uh, John Carpenter's in his get-off-my-lawn phase Stage. of living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't mean any disrespect. I mean, John Carpenter is a legend. He will always be a legend. He will be the face of horror forever. But that doesn't give you the right to call another person a piece of shit. Another artist, if you will. Another filmmaker. I do recall that you did make Ghost of Mars and The Ward. 
The reason why I get so frazzled, I'm not, I mean, I'm defending Rob Zombie, of course, but I'm focusing on the negativity that John Carpenter spit out. Yeah. Because I, the horror community, fans, we're all holding hands and loving everybody, you know? I want that from the, the people that we look up to. Exactly. I don't want negativity coming out of this guy or, you know, that actor or this filmmaker. Just don't do it. It really bums me out. He buried the hatchet, but who cares? That really made a mark, I guess, on how I kind of look at him. I no, just definitely. Yeah. He's just this old crypt keeper. Old <laughs> <laughs> crypt keeper. He tweeted about, what, a week ago, over a week ago, yeah. saying that, like you said, him and Rob Zombie buried the hatchet. Apparently he said he called him on Sunday and they buried the hatchet. The funny thing is that I feel like uh, Rob Zombie didn't have anything to do. It, it's literally an old man going crazy and then and then saying, hey, Rob, let's bury the hatch. And I imagine Rob Zombie's like, what are you talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> if you put yourself in Rob Zombie's shoes, it sucks that somebody you look up to basically said he's as i didn't like person. i didn't like your i didn't like your vision of what i created that you're a fan of Absolutely. and you're a piece of shit you've you've just triggered me throwing out words our modern society likes to throw out words yeah. and to hurt people racist sexist uh piece of shit asshole whatever you don't unless you truly mean it i'll tell you who's a piece of shit in the filmmaking industry the asshole that created jeepers creepers Victor Selva, he fucking molested a kid, recorded it, and raped another boy. He's a piece of shit. Rob Zombie's not a piece of shit because he hurt your feelings because he remade your movie. John Carpenter, I love you, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> that is the audio definition of a trigger that I've ever heard. So let's close the page on this negativity, and I'd like to have a message to John Carpenter because I know John Carpenter is listening right now. Of course he is. John, I want you to know that everybody... I call him Johnny. Johnny, I want you to know that everybody loves your Halloween movie. It is the gold standard for horror. And I want you to know that even though Rob Zombie's remakes came out, everyone still regards the original Halloween as the measuring stick. Still one of the best films in horror and one of the best films, period. Don't feed the negativity. The negativity monster is a dangerous beast. We don't need it from you and us. Let's enjoy horror. And that's what we're going to do. And this episode, episode eight of It's Alive Can't podcast. We made it eight episodes. We made it eight episodes. We're running on fumes. We don't have much money to go on much longer. We're borrowing money from our moms and dads. Hey, John, JC, we need 10 bucks. <laughs> Johnny, you haven't uh, gotten back to us in the past few days, our phone calls. We really need some of that money. You promised. Please. What right. a piece of shit that he doesn't call us back. So moving on, onto some more positive, somewhat positive horror news. Stephen King's It remake, not remake, I'm sorry, original, has wrapped filming. Yeah, It the movie is scheduled for release, yeah, September 2017. Yep. I thought it wrapped quite quickly, but I forgot they were probably shooting months before those photos of the house and those kids on the bike, the actors, made uh, headlines. Now, did, did part one wrap, or did the that, whole entire production wrap? That I don't know, but I would imagine... They shot back to back. Yeah, that's what I imagined they would do. This movie couldn't come out in a perfect, a more perfect time because of all the clown sightings. I mean, nationwide, here in the States, it's become an epidemic. I mean, most recently, the one that really just made me shudder, there was a, a lady smoking on her porch, mm -hmm. and a guy dressed up as a clown, or a person dressed up as a clown, went up to her and started choking her and said to her, I should just kill you now. 
That's what he said. When I read that, I was just like, what in God's name is going on? It's really fucked up. Out there yeah. in the wild. Now, I mean, I remember the clown sightings getting really popular in England, in a town in England, like a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. But they said over the past month, I mean, if you just type in clown sightings into Google, look at some news articles, it's alarming. And the past month, they said over a dozen people, over a dozen clowns have been arrested and they also said there's dozens more that are making false claims of seeing these clowns. Absolutely. So uh, this has hit Hollywood already, and the producer of it, the movie actually came out with a statement. Excuse me, not the producer, but also the studio. They said this is in no way tied to... Um, Some kind of guerrilla marketing yeah. or something, yeah. I don't want to walk out and throw out my trash in the alleyway to see a guy dressed up as a clown staring at me. It adds a new perspective of horror in real life exactly. because now there's a creepiness level that goes up. What would you do, by the way, if you saw if you you take your midnight jogs? That if you I were, seen one of these clowns, absolutely. I was taking a midnight jog, and I seen one of these clowns. I always carry a knife on me, cause you never know. I never had to use it. What, what, are you talking about like a crocodile dundee knife? Yes, I carry a essentially a machete on my back. No, I carry a small pocket knife with me. If I were to see one of these clowns, I haven't really, besides the woman, the one that you mentioned choking the woman, a lot of them just seem to want attention. It seems like they're kind of reveling in the fact that, like, I'm creepy, I'm a clown, I'm going to stand. I don't know if, right. I mean, obviously there's a sense of danger, but it'd be a fight or flight mode. Realistically speaking, I would probably call the police and keep an eye on them just because I'd want to see what they do when the police would show up. But uh, realistically, like, uh, that's the realistic answer. But if I could be Daredevil for a second, <laughs> I would probably, if they're going to, if they're going to pretend that, you know, this is a horror movie... Let's see if it could be a horror movie. Absolutely. Like, I, you know, charge at him or something. Yeah, like, what are you going to do? I would do the same thing. I would go up to him. I would grab him by his fluffy collar that they wear. <laughs> and right before I bashed his bulbous nose, I would say, Quit clowning around. Oh, <laughs> bam, right in the fucking kisser. And they can't run because he got them big shoes? Yeah. They They're at the disadvantage. Let's just go clown hunting. Let's go clown hunting. Come on up, Richie. I got a balloon for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't looked at your calendar lately, which if you're listening to this show, I bet your ass you probably have. At the time of this Why recording, are you so aggressive. <laughs> Calm down. Oh, at the time of this recording, it's October second. We are dipping the toe into Halloween season just a little bit, but it's Halloween season nonetheless, and we're definitely surrounded by the season here. Are you in panic mode? I'm in panic mode because we only have. Less than 26 days. That's how it feels every Halloween. You never no. feel like there's enough time. Do everything horror-related and Halloween-related now. Most definitely. And we're going to get you started on that. You can do something horror-related just by listening to our podcast, because we're going to do something a little bit fun tonight. This is cool. Chris pulled this out of his ass when he was walking <laughs> up the stairs to my, uh, my apartment. Literally. So <laughs> what happened is there's 31 days in October. So what we're going to do is for each day, we're going to answer 31 questions Signifying the 31 days of Halloween. There are questions that we briefly looked over and we did not share them with each other. So all of our answers are going to be fresh. They're going to be real. Natural and off the top of our heads. And of course, you can always join along. But for now, let's get started with our first day of Halloween. Absolutely. Fire up the machine. This is It's Alive's 31 Horror Challenge. 31 questions, symbolizing the 31 days of October. Each day, a new horror question. 
Let's get started with the number one question. Eric, you're gonna have to go first because I don't know anything that's going on. Number one. So for our first question, Eric, what is your favorite rendition of the Prince of Darkness, Dracula? My favorite rendition will always be Hammer Horror's Dracula series. Christopher Lee is a legend. He is a godsend. For me, he's the classic with the cape, the widow peak. He's the, he's the classic Dracula in my, in my eyes. I would definitely say Christopher Lee is a close second for me as my favorite Dracula, but a cliche answer, but the first one for me would have to be obviously Bella Lugosi as no, Dracula. Why do, you, why do you say that? I'm a classic Universal monster fan. He popped your cherry. He popped my Dracula cherry. He was the first Dracula to me, and I think that, you know, after Bella, every Dracula has been modeled after him. Right, but you don't get the same intensity from Dracula that we get with Christopher Lee. I mean, Christopher Lee, he's got the blood red eyes. Christopher Lee is a is a threatening Dracula. He's scary, I guess would be one. Not saying Bela Lugosi isn't scary, but Bela Lugosi was creepy, and he was off-putting, I guess would be the thing, is that he was kind of strange and off-putting to be around. Could you imagine if they were a team? A Dracula oh, team? <laughs> if there was some sort of time machine where they joined forces, that would be so cool. That would be a great movie. Number two. And for our second question, what is the most overrated horror film that you have ever seen? I would have to say, as much as it pains me to say it, it would be the original A Nightmare on Elm Street movie. That is some fighting words. Those are fighting Holy words to a lot of smokes. horror fans. I love the original Nightmare on Elm Street, but I think that it's a little bit too much praise. When you compare it to uh, a film like Halloween, when you compare it to um, a film like The Exorcist. I know, but the Nightmare on Elm Street, the original series, or excuse me, the original film, if you ignore the B-rated acting, the really bad dialogue, the sound effects that sound like laser beams, yeah, shoot, wait a minute. I think you're right. No, I'm just kidding. It was, there was nothing like that before. That's why I was awesome. Oh, it was an, it's an amazing idea. And the execution is good. It's not great. It's good. But it could be better. And I feel like the sequels, for as silly as some of them are, they only add to the mythos of Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think Freddy Krueger, the character, got a little big for his britches. I think he became a pop culture icon. And I think they focused more on Freddy rather than the awesome idea right. of, like, Basically, your your nightmares killing you, and Freddy became more of a, a Looney Tune rather than absolutely. Yeah, they did veer away, and people forget. I mean, that that happened almost right away. Uh, I see what you mean. I think we're gonna lose our fan base because my uh, most overrated film. I'm gonna kill a franchise. Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, that entire franchise never clicked with me from when I was eight years old until now entirely overrated it is the same movie over and over again the thing is, is you're not saying that it's overrated you're just saying you don't fucking like it at all i know you've never really been a friday the 13th fan no, no 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 okay let me pump my brakes here i buy the first one buy the second one buy the third one beyond that that's it there's no other need to have the other ones besides if you're a completist it's just not a good it's not good material they're entertaining and they're, movies. but they're praised there, you can't walk around this time of year without seeing, you know, Jason, a Jason mask, a Jason t-shirt, what would Jason do, Jason this, Jason that. He's, he's not a cool character. I would take any other horror villain icon rather than um, good old Jason. Jason's kind of the, the Martian Manhunter of the Horror Justice League, <laughs> where it's like, I love Superman. Yeah. Well, I, my favorite's Batman. Well, I love The Flash. I love Green Lantern. And then it's like, you know, all the kids take the toys, and the last one is Martian Manhunter. And it's like, well, I guess I'll take 
I mean, he's kind of cool, but I mean, I like Jason. I like Jason solely for like marketing a- aesthetics. Like, yeah. I like the look of the character. What I do like about Friday the Thirteenth is that is that it's extremely simple and its execution. They put him in an urban setting. They put him in space. They threw a psychic in there. I mean, it's pretty much what a lot of horror uh, you know, you know franchises what do. What I'm realizing is the reason why I think he's overrated. Just to sum up this question is, I feel like I can destroy him immediately if I had the proper weapons. But he keeps coming back. Not if you shove a grenade in his fucking asshole. He will come back. I just feel like we can destroy him in reality. The military will be able to destroy him. Anyone that owns a freaking gun with your little pocket knife, you can destroy him. And his threat is overrated. That's what I think. That's your pick? Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Number Number three. What is the best horror mask that is not Michael Myers and not Jason Voorhees? My favorite mask, which is on the top five of one of my favorite horror films, is Leatherface. I'll sum it up real quick. He's terrifying because he's wearing another human's face, (laughs) and he thinks it's okay. And he has different faces for different occasions. That's fucked up. That's amazing. That's horror. Leatherface all the way. You have a character that essentially has dozens and dozens of masks, yet when you see them... People always know, oh, it's Leatherface. So to me, that shows you, it's pretty damn cool that you have a character that's that iconic but has so many different looks to him. For me, I would have to say, I'm going to try and think a little bit out of the box. I would have to go with the Phantom of the Opera's mask. The white half mask, yeah. I think that's definitely one of the most iconic pieces in film, even. It's instantly recognizable. I think a lot of people know exactly what it's from. I mean, it's from uh, Lon Chaney's to <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> to Robert England. It's, it, it's been sold in, much like the, the hockey mask, mm-hmm. it's been sold in Halloween stores even longer. It is the most elegant mask. Yes, elegant is a great word for it. You know, when I, was, I went to England when I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. and I actually saw The Phantom of the Opera. That play... I was actually terrified during it. It's odd. The music is awesome. The costumes, the effects, um, just all fantastic. And uh, yeah, the mask itself, I agree. It is awesome. It's simple, elegant, yet you know underneath it there's something monstrous. You know what I mean? Grotesque, yeah. Grotesque. Weatherface and the Phantom of the Opera. Number four. Horror movie you wish that they never remade. I'm going to have to go with... The Benito del Toro, Anthony Hopkins, Wolfman movie. It just, to me, that movie just kind of fell flat. It had a lot of hype to it for me with Rick Baker and the look of the Wolfman was awesome. Mm-hmm. And the the cast. I mean, what a cool fucking cast. I mean, Benito del Toro, who looks like a Wolfman as as Lawrence Talbot. Wait, he's such a good actor. And then you got Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins in there. And was it Emily Blunt? Yeah, yeah, As yeah. the love interest. How cool was that? They're sticking to the source material where he was an actor coming back to England. I mean, it was really cool. But you're a huge wrestling fan. <laughs> that third act was all yours, man. Oh, yeah. The I Wolfman seen... Smackdown. I knew, I knew, like, halfway through the movie that they are going to do a Wolfman Smackdown. It was going to be two Wolfmen fighting each other, and it was going to become, like, an action movie. Sure enough, that's exactly what they did, so I'd have to say the Wolfman. So my choice for the remake is Friday the 13th. The reason why I say that is, you know, the original was served its purpose. There's no point to remake it. That's it. If you want to add on to the mythos, go ahead. Remaking it, leave it be. That was a whole marketing thing because they just wanted to put Jason in there with the hockey mask and everything like right. that. They just, I don't understand why they just didn't add on. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I was very uh, disappointed with that film as well. That's an understatement. Let's move on. Number five. Number five. 
on our countdown is best pro wrestling horror character. But it can't be The Undertaker. Uh-oh. Okay, let me, uh... You can pick Stables. You can pick from WCW or WWF. I'm going to go with a character that was part of a, of a, of a group, but I'm going to single him out because I had his toy and he was just, just because of his size and his hairdo, it really terrified me. And that would be Viscera. Viscera? <laughs> he is absolutely <laughs> terrifying. He was the big black guy wearing the, all that leather, and he had the creepy... The blonde mohawk. Blonde mohawk, and he had white teeth, eyes. Didn't he have black Or no, he had black lipstick on. Yeah, man. He was a heavyset goth that could really kick some ass, and he was just terrifying. He's something, or somebody that you don't want chasing you around a ring. I don't think he'd, he'd catch up to you, though. He also had uh, Midian was his sidekick. Midian was a dude, he had a little eye painted on his forehead, and he carried around a jar with an eye in it. What? And nobody I ever, remember that Nobody ever knew. It was always Midian and Viscera. They were like a tag team at times, and they'd be in each other's corner when they'd wrestle. Viscera was also called King Mabel. Really? Yeah, before he became Viscera, and he was just a fat guy in purple overalls. Big old boobs he had. But How my, about you? How about you? For my pick, it's really tough. I'm, I'm either thinking about the original uh, Mankind incarnation, where he wore all brown, and he kept calling Vince McMahon dad because it was this boss. Yeah, he's a psychological and he'd, yeah, he'd pull his hair out and stuff. Or, or classic Kane that would talk with the voice thing in his throat. He'd stick it in his throat, and he would uh, come through the, the ring red and machine. set everybody on fire. Those two guys are friggin' awesome. But there's so many good horror wrestling characters. There's, I mean, the the Ministry of Darkness. Them, them, yeah, that themselves is a fantastic. Fantastic uh, set of wrestlers. Do you remember when they crucified? Or they Stephanie tried... McMahon. Yeah. The Undertaker tried in a black, the black wedding he had, where he tried to marry Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, that was fantastic. And of course, who could forget some from WCW, like the Yeti and Seven. <laughs> oh, that was the best. Yeah, I'm Seven now. <laughs> that was uh, Gold Dust. Gold Dust. Oh, that was that was. It. Type in Seven WCW promo on YouTube and watch it. It's hilarious. It's basically a character debuting, uh, giving up, and retiring all within a three-minute <laughs> three segment. Him, it was just like 15-minute intro. They had him <laughs> ziplined and floating down the, the he was basically, runway or He whatever. was basically a Dark City character. Remember Dark City? Oh, my goodness, yes, the he movie. Was, yeah, yes. he was basically a Dark City character <laughs> come to life. Yeah, that was a waste of uh, creative uh, <laughs> that thinking. That was a waste, but it gave us that hilarious promo. Number six. Best black and white horror film. There's so many. So many good ones. Well, knowing me, I'm going to have to stick to the classic Universal monster movies because those are always my favorite. But I do like a lot of... I really like The Incredible Shrinking Man. I know it's not really a horror movie. It's more of a Don't sci even mention it, though. <laughs> more of a sci-fi movie. I'm going to have to go with The Bride of Frankenstein. But, uh, yeah, that's a good choice. I mean, it's a safe choice because, you know, you're not one to be very courageous. No, I know. You're uh, you're afraid to uh, rattle the cage. <laughs> I'm a little scared. What I would say, I would think real hard, I would say Psycho. Ah, shit, I didn't even think... <laughs> Boom! God damn it. So, yeah, Psycho, the proto-slasher, the, the one that started it all. I think both of our choices really reflect the different types of horror that we like, though. Because, like, when we said that, the first place I go to is, like, Monsters... 
because I like monster movies. Right. And the first I love movies you go, slashers. it's like, oh, some slashers. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I, I do fancy uh, blood and guts and real horror, and like, you know, when it's scary. But I do love monsters, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Now we can become real good friends. <laughs> Number seven. Our next question, get a little specific here. This is the most brutal gunshot to the head in a horror film. That is a unique and sick question. It's pretty specific. I don't really know off the top of my head. I mean, there's just one that came to my head, basically. Oh. And that was um, the girl that shoots herself in the head in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Oh my, where she pulls it out of her... She pulls uh, it out of her vajay, a, a gun. And I especially always liked that camera shot that went through the hole in her head to the reaction of the kids in the van. Don't you hear it come out of her? Yes. I'm pretty sure it was I'm a little sure moist. It's... It was definitely cold hands and cold spaghetti. <laughs> but that's, that would be that would be my pick. That's an excellent pick. That scene when the camera pull when they're all screaming and the camera pulls back from the front seat all the way back through her head. Yeah, that scene was powerful. Absolutely. Now my choice would be one that to this day still sticks with me, mm -hmm. and that is from The Strangers. If you remember Scott Speedsman's character. He was, uh, him and Liv Tyler, they were hiding in their room from, uh, from the strangers, from the killers, and he had his shotgun just lined up at the door. You know, he's going to blast these motherfuckers right when they cross his yeah. uh, crosshairs. So someone walks by, and then he just shoots him dead in the head. Boom. Movie over. Well, he shot his best friend that he called over to pick him up in the beginning of the movie. He killed his best friend dead in the head. That, that scene, that gunshot stuck with me until forever until now i guess see the problem with that was that i i seen it for the first time the strangers what last year yeah yeah last year it was the first time i seen it and because of casting the best friend was dennis from it's always sunny in philadelphia who's like hilarious so like when he shows up in a super serious horror movie i'm just I, i'm giggling to myself when i see him on screen because i'm like hey funny guy <laughs> and then he gets blown in the head with the shotgun i just thought it was hilarious Unfortunately, I didn't. It didn't have. Uh, You're one sick puppy. It didn't have a dramatic impact on me. I thought it was hilarious, though. Number eight. What is, in your opinion, the best horror comedy ever made? I'm gonna have to go with an unpopular one. I really think Mel Brooks's Dracula Dead and Loving It is hilarious. I seen that movie in theaters when I was <laughs> Why a are kid. You, that's not a bad answer. Well, it's because it's because are I are you mad because you told me to buy it and I didn't really I respond yeah, to it? Yeah, I talked I talked it up to you for I felt too yeah. long, and yeah. then you finally went as far to buy it. You're yeah. just like, well, I'm gonna like it because all the well, shit I, you I say like about Leslie it is hilarious. Nielsen. I love Leslie yeah. Nielsen. And then I remember we sat there and we seen it, and then we just ended up doing our own comedy basically together, yeah. just talking. <laughs> what I, scene sticks to your head in that movie? There's a shit ton. There's from the opening to where the villager guy with the long mustache keeps shaking his head around, and, <laughs> and it goes to uh, um, when Renfield is eating the bugs, and he's like, "It was a raspberry," <laughs> and and what's his face from Blazing Saddles is like, "Raspberry? <laughs> there was no raspberry. I didn't say raspberry." And then he gives everyone an enema in the movie. That's how he solves everything. He's like, "Give them an enema so they can shit themselves." <laughs> I didn't respond to it, but I found a lot of. Uh, scenes in it. I love Leslie Nielsen. He was but, great. Absolutely. Should have picked him for a favorite Dracula. Oh yeah, there you he go. Took he, off his, <laughs> he took off his wig or when he fell down the stairs. Talking about in it. In retrospect, funny. yeah, it's funny. Yeah. My choice would be an unpopular one. Mm -hmm. Scary Movie Three. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is the 
gold standard. That's your, that's, that's your Dracula Dead and Walking Dead. <laughs> Absolutely. Where, yeah, Eric scary. talks up Scary Movie 3 like it like is an Oscar-nominated it comedy. Is. Do you not understand what that movie is to the film world? Okay, it, it makes fun of signs, but it does it so perfectly. With Dracula Dead and Loving It, I say you down to watch it, basically, at gunpoint. So now you have to, we have to sit down and watch Scary Movie 3. We will, because it is a classic. And in both movies, Wesley Nielsen. Oh yeah, absolutely. He plays a, the ridiculous president in the Scary Movie 3. That out his finger, I remember He's out of his finger. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> what was that? Huh? You just grabbed something from the table. I didn't know. Yes, you did a saw. You, 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 you put it in your mouth. I, I think it was an insect. Oh, that was a raspberry. Raspberry? <laughs> Number nine. For our next question, you're in a horror movie, slasher movie, or a zombie movie. The odds are stacked against you. Who would be your horror movie sidekick? Now, I would assume that that question means this person has to be a good guy in the horror world. You can't have a bad guy be your sidekick. No, maybe. No, you can pick that, anybody. No, that, no. Okay, no. I would pick, if I wanted to survive... A, in a, a world that was filled with every single horror element possible. And uh, well, let me think about that. I would probably want to pick Ellen Ripley. She is one crafty beaver. Jesus. Ellen Ripley. Yes. One crafty beaver. <laughs> Out of all the phrases. That's a fucking amazing pick. Thank you, thank you. Uh, she she is a she's not just a a female leader, like how they portray in movies. Oh, she's female, so she has to be a badass. She just naturally kicks major ass she killed the alien queen multiple times she's a badass she's industrious clever and she's a natural born leader and that's someone i want to follow or have next to me but now that you mentioned i had somebody who i was going to pick but then you said ellen ripley so obviously then i thought well then my choice is obviously going to be sarah connor you're splitting hairs you're talking about terminator one terminator Term- two. no 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 see terminator t2, two t2 is not a connor. horror film Fuck, you're right. T1, horror film, but she, she was still a, killed the Terminator at the end of the first one. Yeah. And, but she, and she was more attractive in the first one. Less uh, veiny mom arms. <laughs> she had Madonna arms in the second <laughs> one. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to have to go with Kincaid then. Somebody somebody who talks trash and who could take care of himself. Kincaid from... Uh, he could talk trash and take out the garbage. <laughs> Kincaid from Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. I don't know his... What's his first name? I found out that was his last name. I just think of Thomas Kincaid, the painter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of. I imagine, okay, so it's like a zombie apocalypse. Okay. And these th- these wishes come true. And I just imagine, like, you come out of a building and Ripley's got the... F- <laughs> she's got the fucking <laughs> blowtorts and shit. Yeah, and yeah. She, Or she's in the... The, the walker. The walker suit. Yeah. And I come out with this chubby, young <laughs> Kincaid dude that sounds like kind of action figure voice. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. And I imagine just standing there and being you guys like, just oh. get eaten alive. Yeah, we would just get eaten alive. As I'm in the corner burning just down Just dropping zombies. tons of bodies. But I made my bed, and now I'll sleep in it with Kincaid, fortunately. Well, you can kick ass all over Dreamland. I guess. Number 10. Who's a character in a horror film that you wish survived to the end? Wow. Someone that died, and you're just like, God damn it, why did they have to go? I wish I could bring them back. I have one. Maybe not too much of a controversial choice, but I really wish that Father Damien in The Exorcist lived. I'm not to get religious, but he sacrificed his life 
for Reagan, knowing that you know his sacrifice will ultimately save her soul, this little girl. He popped out the window. I would like to see him live, even after reading the book, I get more attached to him. His faith led him through all that, and he was like, he was losing his faith and stuff. He was really becoming a doubter. So that was cool to see him fight that, and then ultimately get possessed, and instead of killing Reagan, he hopped out the window and uh, sacrificed his life. My pick is gonna have to be a pretty iconic silver screen monster that was taken before her time, died too young, with only about two minutes of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be the title of the film. The Bride of Frankenstein. We talked about in, I think, our previous episode, how The Bride of Frankenstein has become iconic. Frankenstein and his bride have become iconic for the poster kids, the poster monsters for love in the horror genre. And, quite the opposite. And it's quite the opposite, because she was terrified of him, and then Frankenstein said, well, fuck this, and then he blew the entire place up. The Bride of Frankenstein, I feel like, is such an iconic character that... She could have maybe had it had a movie of her own. Her look was just fantastic with the with the hair. The way she moved was just fantastic. It was very robotic and just kind of creepy. You know, Frankenstein came back so many times after that and different, you know, throughout the Universal Monster movies. It'd be cool to see it would have been cool to see a solo Bride of Frankenstein movie with this character essentially learning that she's a monster and living the monster life. So I'd have to go with The Bride of Frankenstein. The power of Christ compels you. Number 11. The power of Christ compels you! What is the worst or the one you don't like the most um, in your horror DVD or VHS collection? What is the one that you could sell at a garage sale? Without, do without. Mm -hmm. uh, the first Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead. Yeah, I would have to, I would have to say I own uh, the entire Evil Dead trilogy. And I'd have to say the first Evil Dead because whenever I want to introduce someone to Evil Dead, I just go to the second one. Because the second one is essentially a remake of the first one. And it's just a better film, all in all. I mean, the first one's great to see if, you know, you're a fan of that franchise and you kind of want to see how it all began. But to me, the second one is just better in seemingly every way. So I'd have to go with Evil Dead, the original. For me, I mean, I generally don't buy throwaway horror movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, at hand, I probably have, I don't know, like 50-some horror DVDs which is not a lot compared to other horror fans. But if I could be honest, the one that I don't really care for and the one that really, you know, sticks to me is uh, I can probably toss oh, 13 Ghosts, uh, the remake. I mean, I it's got good nostalgia value for me because when I first saw it, you know, when it came out, I really enjoyed it. But I actually watched it um, earlier this year. My God, does that movie do two things that are really irritating. Matthew Lillard is all the way up to 11. He's, he's overacting, he's spitting out, he's so intense because of his migraines he gets when he's in the house because he's a psychic. And then the use of slow motion in that movie was insane. So, and it's just now you watch it in modern times and your brain is conditioned a certain way. Complete throwaway movie, I guess. Um, I own it, nostalgia value, um, and it still has some really good ghosts. Number 12. Number 12 on our list is what killer do you sympathize the most with? With horror for me, it's the black and gray, the black and white area, that's what I like. You're either bad or you're good. Mm -hmm. So what I'm gonna choose is one that can't control itself, and that one that can't control itself is the shark in Jaws. He is simply acting as a beast of nature. He's not doing it for any other reason. He's got a taste for, for human flesh only because human flesh is in his 
dinner plate, you know? Yeah. You enter the ocean, that's his tor territory. Tough luck. See, that's that, that brings up a really good point because if you go with an animal, it's different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I don't like the gray area when it comes to villains. So I'm going to have to go with King Kong because King Kong is literally an animal chilling out on Skull Island where he lives. And these people come mm -hmm. and they kidnap him. They're they, like, oh, they literally kidnap him. He's really big. Let's take him. <laughs> so they take him and then they throw him in a city. He doesn't know what's going on. There are some people he kills. He kills a lot of people by accident. And then he gets killed just because of the fact that he's a giant gorilla. That was a great copycat answer. I love it. Thank you so much. That's all I can think of right now. Piggybacking off me. Number 13. What is your favorite demonic film besides The Exorcist? Hellraiser. <laughs> Hellraiser's an awesome movie. It's, it's... The Cenobites are demons. Cinnamon Bites. The Cinnamon Bites are demons. That's they are demons. And angels to some, demons to others. <laughs> I, think that, I think that whole Hellraiser franchise, I think, is extremely well made. One of my favorite horror franchises. So I would definitely have to go with Hellraiser off the top of my head. It's awesome. It's an awesome movie to show to people who don't even like horror movies. It's just the first one's just such a good movie. Wow. Yeah, I like that choice. I like it a lot. It's, an, it's not a straight-up demonic film, but the Cenobites are... From hell, they're or from hell, they're demonic. I mean, yeah. you're absolutely, that's awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. For me, I would say The Last Exorcism. That movie alone is fantastic. It has one of the the, the actress was able to do these contorting things in real life, so it looks super realistic. The ending was insane. I still don't know about it. How I feel about it, it's insane. But yeah, The Last Exorcism is a must see and a must own, in my opinion. Number forty. What is the movie that got you into horror? For me. It's not a movie that just got me into horror. It's a movie that got me into cinema. And that movie would be Hellraiser. I saw Hellraiser. That was the first movie I ever saw. Now, I was roughly three or four years old. I know it keeps fluctuating because I don't remember. I was living at home, and I saw a VHS copy of it. I remember literally, I couldn't understand why the peoples were peeling off their skin, their faces, the hooks, the violence behind it was so absurd yeah. that it was. I was in wonderment, you know what I mean? I was in awe, not as, I wasn't really afraid of it. And it, that movie is just so dark and gothic. Absolutely Hellraiser, the original. It was my first ever horror movie and my first ever movie. <laughs> That's a hell of a way to be introduced to movies. It wasn't my choice. Here's a movie. You like, my mom's you ever boyfriend. seen a movie? No, well, here's a movie. <laughs> my mom's boyfriend, this asshole, um, <laughs> <laughs> this asshole just played the movie and I was there and just sat and watched it with my cold hot dog wrapped in Wonder Bread. Yeah, it was something else. How about you? I'd have to say the original Halloween. I don't think much needs to be said. How or, old were you when you saw it? I don't know, maybe uh, six or seven. Oh, Seen wow. it in a dark room with my cousin and he told me, he's like, it's a great movie, you gotta see it. And I remember the opening credit sequence with the pumpkin and the music. And I was just like, this is cool. It's like unlike anything you've seen. And it held my attention, and it was awesome. And there's not enough that could be said about that movie. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. We came, now you must come with us. Taste our pleasures. Number 60. The best decapitation in horror cinema. Because there's so many you can choose from. Yeah, I'm from Any to think. franchise, pretty much. But there's got to be one that, like makes you say holy crap all right i'm gonna i'm gonna answer thinking a little bit out of the box which isn't like me because it's cold out here and i'm afraid i'm gonna go with um i would call it a decapitation 
Um, oh, wait, you can't. There's I, no would contra- call, I would call it a decapitation. Well, does the head get severed from the body? Most of the head does. Okay. It's the fucking monkeys, Cannibal Holocaust. The oh, monkeys from oh. Cannibal Holocaust. Because of the fact that those mm. are all real monkeys. Yeah. And that, I mean, they didn't cut away from anything. They just had the natives pick up those monkeys and be like, I'm going to eat this. And they just take that machete to those cute little monkeys. A little bit real. It's a little bit too real. See, that's the problem I have with Cannibal Holocaust. It's good to watch once. Then you after you, once, yeah. Right. After you find out that they abused and killed animals. I mean, I don't care how punk that is or how radical that is. That's sick. It is sick, yeah. And so, I mean, I mean, that's my pick because I've seen it once. Yeah. And that's too. something that stuck with me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. It's controversial and it's uh, it's honest and uh, just shows you how fucked up you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine would be something a little bit uh, lighter. And that's the uh, the ending scene in Hostel 2, Part 2, when the kids are playing soccer with that lady's head. Because yeah, that, that lady was such a nasty woman, and these kids were just insane. They were the real threat in the movie, you know? If you don't give them candy or what they wanted, they'd beat the crap out of you or play soccer with your head. That's one <laughs> of the my favorite scenes in all of Hostel 2. And the music at the end, too, was just the European uh, upbeat yeah, it was a, that. I remember you showed me that ending, and I was just like, it was almost, it was very humorous in a way. It was. I mean, then, yeah. I mean, Eli Roth is, uh, he loves to dance between, you know, seriousness and the that humor, so it works, and it's uh, offered some levity after watching torture. Number seven. What is your favorite opening scene kill from a movie? That's an excellent question, Christopher. On the top of my head, one that really sticks to me, actually. Would have to be the, uh, in Hills Have Eyes, the remake, when uh, those scientists are checking for the radiation levels, and uh, the character turns around and he gets a pickaxe to his face, and he gets dragged around and gets body slammed by um, the huge mutant. That, when I first saw that in theaters, that like hit me. I was like, we're in for a fucking ride right now. <laughs> uh, sequence. How about you? I would have to go with Trick or Treat. With the couple that goes... Beautiful, that, oh, beautiful. The, the bitch wife that it hates Halloween and that she wants to take down all the decorations and she hates this Halloween season. She decides she's going to take down the decorations in their front yard, which is all... What is it? It's all ghosts. Yeah, ghosts and an assortment of Halloween lights yeah. and stuff. We, she dies off screen and the husband goes into the front lawn, starts taking the sheets off the ghosts and sees his wife. Absolutely. With the, awesome. with the with the uh, candy. With the candy jammed cut. all the way in her mouth. Yeah, it was, uh, that's an awesome, that got your attention. Number eight. The next question is one that I've been dying to answer because it's one that really makes you think. What is one of the most hardest scenes to watch in horror movies? Ooh, one of the hardest scenes to watch in horror movies. I'm yeah, gonna no. I'm gonna have to go with it's in a lot of scenes. It's when uh, Weatherface puts you on the fucking hooks. Oh yes. When he hangs you on those hooks, and I remember in the first movie, just they don't really show it, but when he puts her up, you and, just, God, you're just yeah. like, oh god damn, like it's just uncomfortable to like out of all the horrible things that you see in movies, for some reason, something like that, the act of just hanging someone on a meat hook, it, and it, her reaction. I mean, I, I read the. Uh, um, book that was written on you know the making of it basically they talked about how that they had a strap connected around her and stuff and a, and a harness basically and how much that hurt her and uh, so i just imagine like her pain was real if you will yeah so and the visual of it all is just so messed up you know you just feel the hook going into her spine or severing this because they're alive too That's yeah what sucks is it's not like he's kills them and then hangs them up there to skin them they're alive absolutely so my choice 
would be one that I literally have a hard time watching, and that's in Devil's Rejects in the hotel scene when the family has rodeo crew, I guess, yeah. whatever. Uh, Sid Haig is basically making that woman do terrible things, takes the gun and puts it in... Ugh, even talking about it makes me uncomfortable. I mean, it makes her beg like a dog and shoves her face into his crotch area. Oh, yeah. That scene is insane. Absolutely insane. It's so hard to watch. Can I talk about one more? Yeah, That I want to overwrite almost my... Go, go, go. The entire Funny Games movie. That... <laughs> absolutely. Now, that movie worked perfectly because that took your... You felt secure and after they killed, you know, the uh, one of the brothers and they just rewound the movie while you're watching it. That was yeah. amazing. Insane. Yeah, that entire movie is uncomfortable, I would say. Absolutely. Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. Number 90. The best spooky kids movie, in your opinion. The best Halloween kids movie. There's a ton of them. There's a lot of great ones. There's a lot of not so great ones. What's your favorite one? I'm going to have to steal the best answer possible, and that is Hocus Pocus. It's a uh, go-to Halloween movie. I watch it every single year for probably literally the last... I don't know what 20 years. So yeah, it's awesome. It's dark. It, I love witches. They're, they're though they're funny. They're still trying to eat and take children's souls to be younger. <laughs> yep. That idea is terrifying. I'd I'd have to go with probably the Monster Squad, and I say that because it's one of my favorite movies. Period. I, I guess I classify it as a kids movie because it's basically like the Goonies. So. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely the Monster Squad is awesome. Um, Monster Squad's a great choice. Yeah, it's the Goonies meet the Universal Monsters. Yeah, exactly. In the 80s, and it's awesome. So Monster Squad, Hocus Pocus, also the Goosebumps series in general. Yeah, and, and you know, they actually did come out with a couple good movies. I guess it's probably, what, two episodes put together? Yeah. But yeah, they're fun. I remember watching those, and the theme song for Goosebumps <laughs> is killer. It totally is. You're a big gamer. In your opinion... I used to be, back you, in the old days. So in your opinion, what movie, horror movie, would you choose to be adapted into a video game? You could pick a lot of slasher movies. Mm -hmm. They'd be perfect. But if I had to get specific, think, think a little bit outside the box, what movie would make a great video game? That's exactly what I said. You cannot be buying time like that. I'm going to have to say, when it comes to movies, <laughs> that could be a great video game. Definitely. Oh, God. The only choice would have to be <laughs> The Exorcist. Oh, my God. What what kind of game would that be? Do you know <laughs> those, like, old-school strategy games? Like what? Like Command & Conquer? I mean, uh, uh, Axis & Allies? Yeah. Board like, games? So, <laughs> like, those old strategy games were, like, like simulation and simulator-type games. Okay. If they made, like, a simulator, point-and-click simulator game, where you're exercising demons out of a little girl. <laughs> you're a priest... And you have inventories, okay? Holy water, Bibles. When you crosses, when you said that, I immediately recalled that game L.A. Noir. Yeah. If that was like, because uh, that game was really intense. It was very like, procedural. Yeah. That game. If you did something like that, 
with the exorcists were essentially like you would travel to different addresses as a priest walk in there'd be different levels of exorcisms like ones that would be not too scary ones that'd be extremely scary that would be so cool and you cool. could balance it i think that'd be really cool and it could be oh you can get like a, especially with today's technology i mean you can get microphones involved vr yeah virtual involved. reality yeah all that stuff. I, mean, I was talking about that a couple episodes back how vr needs to be the next step for uh, horror cinema. So I think an Exorcist game would be something pretty unique. It would be something pretty pretty terrifying. That would be absolutely terrifying. Now going off that, I mean, I would pick something very similar, and that would be the Conjuring series. Mm -hmm. If you could play the Warrens, basically Exorcists, and you go through haunted houses and stuff, yeah. um, and you just combat basically that same thing, and that's terrifying. And but there's variety in that right. too. That's what makes it yeah, better game. absolutely. And you can use you can use that VR aspect to. I mean, oh my God, I just want it right now because I, I checked out the VR experience they released at just that minor video where you can control the phone. But if you can actually manipulate your surroundings, um, you have the next generation, the new wave of horror. And I'm looking forward to the new Friday the 13th game, too. So, I, think, I think that those movies are built perfectly for a video game. Absolutely. Number 21. Our next question is, what is your favorite horror trilogy? That's an interesting question. First three films. The first three films... Simplify it. I would have to go with... The Hellraiser, original three trilogies, the Holy Trinity. You have the first one, which, you know, was the foundation of that whole series. You had the second one, which, though it played at the same beat, it offered some further mythos. You got a glimpse into their world. Yeah, yeah. It, it furthered the mythos of, you know, the Cenobites and, and of, of Pinhead, the Hell Priest. Um, and then the third one, it just went all out insane. Each sequel tells a new story. Yeah, exactly, and it continues the villain. And adds more, yeah. Yeah, the, the villain's uh, backstory, which is the Cenobites. Yeah, I, that's what I would go through. It's kind of a safe pick, and we keep talk, talking about Hellraiser. Because it's so good. I'd have to go with, again, going with a safe pick. But it's a little different as well. Uh, I would have to go with the first three Halloween movies. Two is a direct sequel. It takes place right after first film. Whether you like the second one or you don't really like the second one, it, to me it's still a solid addition. And essentially, it ends the Michael Myers story because the third one is Season of the Witch, a completely different horror movie. It not even related. Not even related to Michael Myers or Sam Loomis, anybody. And Which... it goes on about evil Halloween masks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was good for what it was. Obviously, the fourth one, we jump back to Michael Myers. But, I mean, the first three there, solid and different trilogy. Number 22. What is your favorite cannibalistic scene in a horror movie which is completely weird and random but uh it does offer a lot of good choices so let's see what chris struggles to come up with <laughs> uh, i hate this fucking question cannibalistic does it would it count that means eating flesh yeah would zombies count absolutely i'm gonna have to go with the zombie ambushing throughout return of the living dead oh yes <laughs> perfect Oh, that's such a great scene. Send more paramedics. Yeah. I mean, you got some zombies that they know... What they want. They know what they want, and they know how to get it, and there you go. My choice would have to be, first thing that comes to mind, Hannibal. When he's eating uh, Ray Liotta's brain oh, yeah. in front of him. He was able to cook up and cut out that part of the brain that uh, he could eat, but he was still able to function, Ray Liotta. And man, was that just eerie. Yeah, that was. Just like, my God, you're eating your own brain. 
But yeah, he, and, he, and the fact that he commented that how much he liked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was basically like a little like shy seven-year-old when he was eating yeah, his yeah. brain. Come in this dash. Ten more Number 23. Our next question on the list. What is your favorite house in a horror film? Can't be house from house. The route I'm going is because I feel like if you stumbled upon that house after it was vacant, mm -hmm. you would still uncover horrendous things. And that house is the house of a thousand corpses. If Let's just imagine a contractor goes in there, pulls up a floorboard. They're going to find thousands of bodies within that house. It's sick. Um, it's terrifying. And I do have a second house, but I want you to go go next. I, I really love the Adams Family Mansion. That works. We'll, we'll take it. I love that. <laughs> and then my second pick would have been the House on Haunted Hill. Because that oh. was like the original. I was like one of the first haunted ghost yeah, horror Vincent movies Price. I've seen. And I remember being really creeped out by that. Absolutely. That's a great choice. But uh, yeah, the Adams Family, that that one's like, it's almost like a fun ride, but you can yeah. end up dying on accident. Yeah, it has uh, a very like Disney Haunted Mansion feel to it. I also like the Monsters, too. My other house would be Psycho House. I know we were talking about Psycho earlier. And the yeah, Psycho that's a great house, one, yeah. Just the, the way it looked, looming over the hotel, you know? It was just so eerie and creepy. Hitchcock did a great job with making that house iconic. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. What would be your favorite ridiculously cheesy horror film? The first one that comes to mind, like Gremlins 2, but that was that, that I think. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Hulk Hogan. What? When you say okay, I want a cheesy horror movie. What other horror movie comes to mind where Hulk Hogan gets up during the the horror movie? and yells at the creatures, the gremlins, to tell them, you gremlins better start the movie. Other than that, though, I mean, if I were to pick, like, a true horror movie uh, that wasn't a comedy, I'd probably go with Night of the Creeps, maybe, or Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That movie is essentially a Doctor Who episode gone wrong. But yeah, those are good choices. For me, cheesiness, I would say Plan 9 from Outer Space. Or that's yeah. sci-fi, but it features randomly horror elements. Yeah, pretty much anything Ed Wood did. He tried so damn hard to be scary, and it just didn't work. Other than that, if I can keep it more modern, I would pick Annabelle. How was Annabelle that cheesy? The special effects and the scare factors. It wasn't. It, it looked like and felt like a straight to sci-fi channel movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number twenty-five. Our next question is a simple one. What's the best car in horror? I personally like, just because I love the car itself, is the Chevy Nova SS in Death Proof. I would have to go solely as a, uh, as a comic book fan, I'd have to say. The Green Goblin truck from Maximum Overdrive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was trying to see if it was called anything... It was a Green Goblin truck. Yeah, I, I was seeing. I was looking up to see if it was called anything specifically. It was just the Happy Toys truck. That's hilarious. That is a great uh, choice. It was something that, like, at the time, the Green Goblin wasn't very recognizable. And then you had this truck come in that where it was clearly the Green Goblin, but they were calling it a toy truck, and nobody acknowledged that it was the Green Goblin. So I felt like I was like in on a secret. You're in some inside knowledge. I loved it. What would be your second choice? 
I really like Dracula's hearse from the Monster Squad that he drove around. Oh, For yeah, no yeah. reason. He it was a hot rod, though, right? He had, like, a hot rod hearse, <laughs> and it had, I remember, it had a skull, a silver skull on it, and it also would drive through other cars. Yeah, that was a good choice. Do I frighten you? Is it my scar? It's your car. Number 26. What is your favorite horror film based off a true or true-ish story, as we know how that goes? I always thought that the Texas Chainsaw, I mean, it's Texas Chainsaw is, I didn't know that any of that was true until the remake came out. They, the way they marketed that movie, I mean, I, we weren't around when the original Yeah, out, but so I, mean, I can't really say how they marketed it. But as for someone who wasn't really into Texas Chainsaw, and then remake came out and I got into it, the world it introduced me to. The Ed Gein series. Yeah, the whole, the whole Ed Gein story and everything like that, getting into it, was uh, it was pretty terrifying to read about. And I, I mean, I've seen a couple documentaries on them, and it's really, really creepy. Uh, I know it was inspired by other stories as well, but just knowing that it's so close to home and just the bizarre factor that Ed Gein, when that story broke, was just something else. For me, I mean, they don't advertise it as a true story, was uh, The Exorcist. It was inspired by the, the child from, what, 19... 19- whatever, where it was the most realistic case at the time of exorcist, of an exorcist. So that's what I would say, because that stuff creeps me out. Yeah. Possession and uh, uh, especially against children. Anything that, anything that claims that even part of it is real, it adds another layer of scariness to it. Number 27. Our next question is horror movie with the best special effects. If I could truly reach back, keep it original, something that really like started it all, I would have to say, well, Nightmare on Elm Street. Everything from Freddy's makeup to Freddy's glove, Johnny Depp's death scene, Mm -hmm. to the house spinning around, to Tina being dragged on the wall from uh, up yours with a twirling lawnmower, (laughs) his suicide scene. I would say that. It was just something you never saw before. If I could also go with a movie where special effects push the envelope, I would have to say American Werewolf in London. One of my favorite movies. Absolutely. They still use the examples of, of the makeup till this day at Universal Studios when you go to the makeup show. Oh, man. And watching that transformation sequence till this day is still awesome. You know, it's something that CGI can't necessarily touch because it's all right there, you know? Right. It's really awesome filmmaking. Is that your favorite werewolf transformation scene? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, that's one of my favorite, yeah, that's like my favorite werewolf movie and one of my favorite horror movies. I, I love that movie. Everything about it. Right. Excellent, excellent. All right, so the next question. What is the most underrated horror remake, Chris? Go. I'm going to have to go with (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street. You heard him. One of the first questions we answered was, what's the most overrated horror movie? And I said Nightmare on Elm Street. And now, what is the most underrated remake? And I say Nightmare on Elm Street. I thought that the remake was pretty solid. It's not perfect, but nothing is perfect. In order to launch a new Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, 
I thought that it was worthy. Absolutely. Jackie O'Haley did a fantastic job portraying a pedophile serial killer. The way the film was shot was just really beautiful. It was a nice, well-put-together film. The kills were, were cool, but I know there's one sequence that people complain about, the CGI coming through the wall. That was a bummer. But overall, it was an awesome and terrifying rendition of Freddy Krueger. I really enjoyed the Hitcher remake with Sean Bean. Sean Bean, as Jack Ryder, played this badass... A hitchhiker. You know, Rudiger Hauer played him in the original. Sean Bean offered this really cool, he's trustworthy, but when the, the script flips, when it gets dark, I mean, it's just so uncomfortable because Sean Bean, he has this look about him that you, you know, you can trust him. Yeah. And uh, he just played it off perfectly. Overall, Sean Bean's character in that movie was, in my opinion, better than Rudiger Hauer's. Sean Bean made the movie, absolutely. So The Hitcher. I'd also probably tack on uh, the Blob remake and the Fright Night remake. I really like those. I have to see those. I haven't seen any of those. Number 30. We're getting towards the end of our list. This is the second to <laughs> if last If anyone one. else is still listening. We are on day three. <laughs> we need food. <laughs> we need send food. It to Please us. deliver pizzas. This is one epic list, Christopher. It is. And I just want to let everyone know, while we're doing this list, we've played three movies <laughs> in, the, in the, the recording of this. Okay, so our second to last question is, what is your favorite Halloween franchise movie that doesn't include the original? John Carpenter's original Halloween. What's your favorite Halloween movie? I had to talk to my people. Yeah. And I had to come to terms with uh, the fact that Halloween 4 is exactly what I want in a Halloween movie. It was a uh, super atmospheric. You gotta love, you gotta love Jamie. She was cute and adding her to the mythos was really cool. She's a smart, she's a well-written character. She's a she very was. smart kid. Yeah. I liked her as much as I liked Lori. Well, I wouldn't like her as much as Lori, but uh, how about you? I'd have to go with Season of the Witch. Boom! <laughs> Season of the Witch was... A 180, completely different. It's the most un-Halloween no. franchise Halloween movie. Well, yeah, it's... Because it has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't. It's got a cool-ass poster. That's what makes me want to like it so much. It's a good movie. No, it is not. It's a good movie. It's a solid movie. It's If you don't think of it as a, as a Halloween movie, you don't think of it as a Halloween sequel, it's just an awesome horror movie. It would totally be a... Well, it is a cult classic. I guess it rubs It's a cult way. classic in, an, in a largely popular horror franchise. It's weird. It is weird. It's an anomaly. It rubs me the wrong way. It's like having a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that doesn't have and then any all of, of the characters. The third one's about a skeleton banjo man. <laughs> <laughs> and then goes back to Leatherface and his family. That's you don't like it? No, I don't like it too much. I think Halloween and Hellraiser and The Exorcist is the constant thread through these questions. It's interesting. Those are three of the best horror. Hellraiser isn't brought up too much. No, it's not. Definitely not. And I think even though as mainstream as Hellraiser is, for some reason it's it's the least mainstream out of the most mainstream. Well, yeah, because it's so it's sadomasochism. It makes people uncomfortable, and I just get a raging heart on when I watch it. Well, yeah, I mean, that goes for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine don't miss it and don't forget to wear your masks the clock is ticking it's almost time number 31 the last question is what's your favorite halloween costume i think it should be something that you actually wore yeah because i think that would limit it a bit so what is your favorite halloween costume you wore a couple years ago i rocked out a demonic priest costume 
during the yeah nightmare on chicago street our huge zombie fest they have in elgin where they block off a couple uh, streets downtown elgin they flip over cars they light things on fire it looks like a zombie ambulances are there it's yeah really cool, it's really yeah. cool I wore this, uh, I made my own uh, priest costume, everything from the cross, the Bible, and I made my face all um, bloody and gory, and I put an X in my forehead. No, no, I'm sorry, I put a bloody cross in my forehead, and yeah, that would be my favorite. How about you? I would have to say, I dressed up as Ghost Rider freshman year of high school, and I got no reaction from anybody. Well, it's a costume yeah. that I was very proud of. Did you make it, or did you buy it? No, I made it. It's a costume I was very proud of. Got a reaction from no one. What, is it, what, what did you put on the costume? Uh, I wore a leather, like a leather greaser jacket, which was my mom's from the <laughs> 80s. And I made gloves. Out of, I had a pair of leather gloves, and I made these gloves out of sweatbands, and I hot glued tinfoil spikes all around it. And I had nice. uh, one of those cheap plastic chains you get at Halloween stores. Mm -hmm. And then I had a regular skull mask. And one of the fire wigs that I put on top on top of the skull. In retrospect, now I'm explaining it to you. It sounds it sounds horrible, but but I was really proud yeah, of it. Yeah, when it's I put really it creative. Together. Yeah, I got no reaction from anyone. Well, yeah, it's Ghost Rider. In but nobody even said like, "Ooh, scary or cool." Everybody was just kind of like, "Here's your candy, freak." <laughs> <laughs> down 31 goddamn things we answered 31 questions some different horror questions i learned a lot about you eric but i also learned a lot about myself and as a person and i think that i've grown from this uh, me too and I, I i learned that we both love sadomasochism and we would love to uh, be around possessed people <laughs> that list was laborious it, it was, was yeah. a lot of work <laughs> it was a lot of work it was a lot of thinking i had to rack my brain i'm not proud of a lot of the answers i had but you know what as we got into the list it was more about a lot of stuff that stuck with you. The most important thing about this list is that we definitely want to share it with the listeners. Everybody has a different answer when it comes to this list. So what are some of your answers to the questions that we asked? Everyone's different. Yeah, try we, it out. Yeah, you know? we, we'd love to hear it. And also, go around and do this with your friends. Do it with other uh, family, people that celebrate Halloween with you. Yeah, it's a horror fans. Because what I realized, it's a good way to naturally and organically find new horror movies. It exercises your brain. It can expand your horror knowledge. Now we sound like an educational program. Well, we are. Educational in horror. We are. We're not experts. We're just fans, man. So I definitely think sharing this list with your friends around the Halloween season puts you more in the mood. Uh, if anything, it's just a fun little exercise to have for your little horror mind. Yeah, I had a great time doing the list, and I think we should definitely make some different kind of lists in the future. Yeah, definitely. Lists are fun, they're simple, and uh, they're also engaging. That's yeah, what we engaging. like to do here. And um, as for you guys to engage, you obviously have different answers to the questions we asked. Definitely share your answers with us. You have multiple ways to contact us. Go to our Facebook page, which you can find through our website, or go to Facebook.com slash it's alive podcast you can also go to our website it's alive podcast.com drop us an email send us your death threats like i keep saying at it's alive pod at gmail.com that's it's alive pod at gmail.com don't forget about the twitter machine 
Hit us up on Twitter, it's a live pod. And our brains are becoming spaghetti because this is the most we've ever- It wrecked our brains. It, yes, it has. It'll destroy you, this list. But we're definitely gonna be having some fun podcasts coming up with the Halloween season, so stay tuned for that. But as for this episode of It's Alive, it pretty much wraps it up. We put another body in the coffin. I don't know, I don't think yeah, of a catchphrase. Yeah, we, we put another episode in the coffin, and let's leave you with a question of the, of the week here. What would you guys do if you saw a guy or let's say a person dressed up as a clown across the street from where you are currently? What would you do? Think about that. Think about that tonight. I want you to think about that tonight. And then I want you to look out your window and I want you to see me. And I want you to see Eric. And then I want you to listen to our podcast while you see us. <laughs> and we're going to see you. You're going to see us. And we're going to know if you're listening to it or not. I'm Eric. I'm Chris. Yeah, yeah.